As we go from night to day, we talk about what is happening here in America this morning, and the issue that is raging across the United States is basically one thing, and that thing is, of course, the end of the Trump-era order called Title 42. Under the Trump administration, a memorandum was released on the order of President Trump to essentially find a way so that there would not be this continuous flood of illegal migrants coming across the border without proper documentation and abusing a process known as asylum. The asylum process is something that is enshrined in United States law under Title VIII. It essentially allows for people, if they can get into the United States or reach its borders, that they can claim and seek asylum. That is something that is part of the United States' essential basis for being founded. It is the land of the free, and the home of those brave enough to get to these shores. But unfortunately, it is also being abused by economic migrants. What is an economic migrant? An economic migrant is someone who is just basically coming to the United States to get a job, improve their lot in life in their home country, and earn some money and send it home. In many cases, those people do not stay a long time, and they just come here to work and go. There are legal means to be able to do that. You can apply for visas and get into a system that allows you to get a visa for jobs that are available. And in fact, there are thousands of people who do that every year, hundreds of thousands of people, in fact, who legally get working visas and come to the United States. There are those who also apply under what is known as the H-1B program, which is a visitor worker program. And this is essentially very large in the tech community where you have a lot of workers from various countries who come to the United States on these so-called tech job visas. And they work primarily in the technology sector, doing jobs that are very difficult because, you know, it involves repetitive actions and coding. And it's, it's just essentially writing endless lines of code. Essentially a job that it, one day some people fear will be taken over by artificial intelligence. But that is essentially the direction it is. it is going. Essentially, programs will be able to write themselves in a few years. And essentially, if you can think up an idea, you can probably write the programming without going into too much detail of the structures of the programming just by using AI to be able to help you complete it. So that part of the sector may be literally and figuratively written out. But there is other areas, other employment areas, such as agricultural jobs or manual labor, construction, these are areas that they're always hiring. They're always looking for people who are willing to do the work in the United States. But there is also other illegal fields. For example, those who are trafficked to work prostitution. At least 85 to 90,000 children, these are children, minors, below the age of 14 who entered the United States in the last two years since Joe Biden became president, part of the entire 7.5 million people who crossed the border and sought asylum. That's right, 7.5 million, that's just seeking asylum. This is out of a country of 300 million. So in other words, more than 2% or 3% of the population of the United States are those now who've come in improperly, illegally, crossed into the borders, sought asylum, and uh, have, have sought that. On top of that, there's probably another million and a half who are called the gotaways. These are people who, they did not present themselves to immigration authorities. And they're just coming in and working and then leaving. These are the so-called 
true illegal aliens. And beyond that, there's about 11 million prior cases of people. So of a population of 300 million, it is estimated that at least 18 and a half million people in the United States today are undocumented. And on top of that, potentially another 3 million are ostensibly here without any notification to government of their purpose. And many of those are engaged in criminal activities. For example, the children who are trafficked, literally tens of thousands of them every day and every year. Arto Cueto from the uh, National Border Patrol Council talked about it. I put it on my podcast the other day. I'm going to put it again because just of how important this is. Here's Arto Cueto from the Green Line Radio Show in uh, Tucson, Arizona. So it's, and it's just, and it's not because I hate him or anything like that. I've said it so many times before. It's, it's, you know, you, you, it's your home. And I think our borders are the same thing. It's, it's our nation, right? Where there should be a way to defend it. You can't just have open borders, just have anybody walk in. And there's a lot of people out there that are like hardcore open borders, like pushers. Yeah. yeah. If you are an open border pusher, you know, I admire you. Make your address, your, 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 your home address public so anyone can just walk into your house and grab whatever they want. Yeah, if, if you're that, you know, practice what you preach. And it's not deal. just happening along the southern border, although Tucson, it's, it's also the northern border. Yeah. And are people flying in from other countries and once to they're Canada. here, or once they're here, they say, I'm just going to stay, asylum. Yeah, there's no reason to leave. That's what's scary. And you don't know who these people are. And and a lot of it is they do get fingerprinted and you can check their records. But if they've never been in the United States, they don't have a criminal record in the United States, there's no way to tell what criminal record they have in their own country. Right. And that's what makes it so much like more difficult. And and Border Patrol, they announced so far they've apprehended people from 168 different countries. Wow. So those aren't all just you know South America. No, we're seeing a lot of people from China, we're seeing a lot of people from uh, Cuba, we're seeing a lot of people from uh, Russia. A lot of people from the Ukraine, mm. uh, you know, Middle East, just everywhere. Yeah. So, yeah, people think it's just, you know, just Hispanics that are coming to work at the farm or something. Yeah. No, it's that's not how it works. Eh. So that's Arto Cueto talking about, you know, how it is, how it's working. Art, of course, uh, is a Border Patrol agent. He's a uh, president of the uh, National Border Patrol Council, which is a union of Border Patrol Agents and workers, uh, they are on a radio show that they use to inform their members who are spread and scattered throughout the United States exactly what is going on. They also do a podcast called The Green Line, and we're listening in to Art. And I believe Chris is the other guy's name. I always forget his name. I'm really so sorry, whoever you are. And then added to the, it ties into the drug cartels. So the drug cartels, they're in charge at the border. They charge a quota, uh, almost like a toll road. Right. Mm-hmm. Of who comes through here, they got to pay the toll in order to come across into the United States. Right. And then the cartels will hold them and then they'll, they'll determine where you're going to cross because they know by doing that, then they can bring drugs across. Could, okay? the, could the numbers that we'll probably see if Title 1, Title 42 goes away increase so much that to the point where it'll be hard to determine which is drugs or, or whilst everybody's working over here. They don't know. They already don't know. Wow. That's what the problem is. They already don't know because... The drug dealers are smart, right? You're paying them the toll, so they're making money on the toll booth. 
um, then they're determining where the illegal traffic is going to go. And they do that on purpose so they can figure out how to distract agents because now they know agents have to respond to that area for the for the human traffic, right? right? And it leaves the other gaps that they're bringing drugs, right? Now put this other thing into perspective. 168 different countries. So these drug traffickers are in connection with 168 different countries yeah. making all kinds of other deals. That's why it's it's always been said that a lot of the fentanyl coming in, it's raw product that comes in from China. They produce it in Mexico and then they bring it across. I mean, it's the fentanyl. Well, I know even <clears throat> in the Mexican government, uh, thankfully, has been trying to crack down on that as well. Somewhat, yeah. somewhat. I mean, it's just, I've always found that they're them to be ridiculous. I think their, their president said that they don't have a drug problem and it's 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 really dumb. I saw a report the other day with um, what's their name? It was I think it was Arizona. Some Arizona uh, news network was was out, right. and and they did some report about. And I posted it on my Instagram, <clears throat> and they were going against. Uh, they were trying to sue. I think different areas in Arizona, gun gun dealers. Yeah. Oh yeah, selling I guns. See that. Yes. <clears throat> and then the the. Um, the Mexican consulate came out and he said, you know, that the majority of crime in Mexico, it's because of, you know, the drugs. I mean, it's the guns that they're purchasing and getting from from Arizona, you know, particularly they were talking about it. And I'm sitting here going, you know, I said a couple of, uh, you know, strong words that I can't say here yeah. because of FCC rules. Uh, but you guys pretty much figure out what it was. The problem in Mexico is the drugs, man. Mm. Yeah, they're using the guns, but... It's because of the drug trade. So instead of saying, look, Mexico has a problem with the drug traffickers. There's a problem with you know, corruption mm-hmm. in the government. I mean, there is. Let's just be honest. We can't sit here and say, oh, well, I don't know. No, there is. Everyone knows that. And and you're going to turn around and say, well, no, the problem is that uh, uh, gun gun uh, dealers in, in Arizona are selling guns. Mm. <clears throat> How about you crack down on these people for reals? Yeah. You know, we saw what happened in Texas. With that drug cartel and they shot those Americans. Yep. Now you don't hear anything about it. And and they know that the drug traffickers themselves turned over the, the people that were kidnapped and said, oh, well, it wasn't us. Well, you know who they are. Why didn't you go make any arrests of these people? Right. <clears throat> the Mexican they have government. Control of the police. Exactly. The Mexican government likes to like deflect and blame somebody else and they don't do anything about it. And it's just. And I thought it was, I, I, I mean, it is what it is. The reporting's the reporting, but I thought it was irresponsible reporting uh, to just get one side of it uh, on that report. I put it up on my Instagram page. You guys can follow on my Instagram page and you'll see. And, and I put it up there. It's just like, uh, I don't know. It left a bad taste in my mouth. So Art Del Cueto, they're talking about, of course, the situation in Mexico where, in fact, what Art is not saying is, says a lot. And that is for us here in New York, we probably can say it more clearly, but not so much Art because he's right there on the border. And that is that in many places, the cartels in Mexico are the government. And it is just the way it is. Actually, here in New York, the government, particularly local government, many of the elected officials are in league with the cartels. Uh, a lot of people will say, oh, how dare you say that? That can't be possible. You know, how could it be that, you know, uh, American uh, political leaders could, could you know, Mexico so far away, it couldn't be happening. <laughs> yeah, really think about it. Just think about it, you know. Deep down inside, most people know exactly what is happening there. And most people just don't want to admit it because, well, they're kind of worried about it, you know. I guess they're, they're kind of thinking about, you know, the, the whole thing and, and, 
and uh, you know how bad this whole situation is. But uh, at the end of the day, it's it is what it is. You know, you do have essentially uh, so many people in government who are very much uh, doing what they can to try and stop this Title 42 expiration um, here in New York. You know, you have, uh, you know, Congresswoman Stefanik uh, from upstate New York, who is who is very much into it. At least I thought that was Congresswoman Stefanik. Joe Biden was sworn into office. Joe Biden's policies have caused this catastrophic border crisis. And it's not just a border crisis. It's a national security crisis, an economic crisis, a crime crisis, and a humanitarian crisis. And the American people know that Joe Biden's failed open border policies have turned every district into a border district and every state into a border state. In my home district in upstate New York in the North Country, we've seen an over 800% increase in illegal crossings in the Swanton sector on the northern border just in the last year. Border Patrol officers who I represent have been transferred over and over again to our southern border to deal with the unprecedented surge of illegal crossings. Fentanyl overdoses ravaged communities across this country in each and every one of our districts. House Republicans Secure the Border Act will end the Biden border crisis by finishing the wall, advancing border technology, supporting our brave Border Patrol officers, ending catch and release, and fulfilling our commitment to America, a nation that is safe. And one of the leaders for years, for decades on this issue, I'm honored to introduce my colleague, Congressman Mario Diaz-Balart. Thank you. Thank you so much. Let me... Uh... Let me start by quoting the president's actual SAP veto message on HR2. He claims that the administration's approach to border strategy is, quote, safe, orderly, and humane. You know, one would really have to be delusional to believe that almost 300 Americans dying every single day due to fentanyl, mostly coming from the southern border, is safe. Frankly, one would have to be severely out of touch with reality to say, to, to, to relinquish control of the southern border to those narco-terrorist cartels that are now the ones who determine who comes in to the southern border. And one ha would have to be really callous to say that the death of 900 migrants and nearly 90,000 children, minors, lost and traffic is humane. That's not humane. That's insane. Since the Biden administration and frankly the Democrats, since they've totally abdicated their responsibilities to uphold our national security and protect the American people, I am so proud that the House Republicans once again have stepped up. HR2 secures the borders. It provides much-needed support to our brave, our brave heroes, the men and women, the officers of the CBP. It protects children, those exploited children that even the New York Times has stated are being exploited. It protects them from exploitation and human trafficking. It defunds the narco-terrorist 
multi-billion dollar cartels that are now the ones who decide who comes in through the southern border and who are running the southern border. It streamlines our broken asylum system that is hurting so many, including those who have legitimate claims for asylum. And, and I'm so proud, it reestablishes the rule of law. The rule of law. I am so proud of this Republican conference. And in la carta oficial que el presidente sacó esta semana en su oposición a esta ley. El presidente de la administración dice que la situación en la frontera es está segura, organizada y humana. Eso lo puso por escrito la administración. O sea, francamente hay que estar severamente desconectado de la realidad para decir que los casi 300 norteamericanos, jóvenes que mueren todos los días, todos los días, eso es porque hay una frontera segura, organizada y humana. Que la muerte de los 900 inmigrantes, 900 inmigrantes, el número más grande de la historia de los Estados Unidos, que fallecieron el año pasado, este, este año, y 90.000 niños que están siendo abusados y traficados, traficados, que eso es seguro, organizado y humano. Y cederle el control de la frontera sur a los narcocarteles, que son los que deciden ahora quién entra y quién sale. ¿Entiendes tú? Estoy... Uh, did you understand what he was saying? Well, basically, if you heard the first part, you understood the second part. He was talking about these, uh, you know, 900 migrants who just in the past year, you know, and we're only in, uh, what are we now, uh, May? We're only halfway through the year, basically. 900 have died crossing that border illegally, trying to get through the border. There are 700,000 poised to cross. There have been 90,000 children who are basically lost to human trafficking, sold into prostitution, white slavery, whatever you want to call it. It's happening. It's happening daily. It happens far from where I am right now, you know? You have these young people who are, who are forced into prostitution basically to pay off debts from their transit and run by snakeheads. And these snakeheads are that. And as Art Delcueta was saying before Congresswoman Stefanik spoke, uh, it basically is very clear in that we have a major problem on our hands because it is not only happening with Mexicans crossing illegally into the United States, which used to be the norm for so many years, and basically, hey, they're neighbors next door, it's okay, you know, we get, we get over it. Growing up in Southern California, we saw it every day, it was just normal. You know, yeah, okay, uh, it's not a good thing, because it hurts when it comes to taxation, it hurts when it comes to schools, it hurts when it comes to other things, but it was absorbable. But now there's people coming from 168 countries and it's not just in Mexico, it's also coming in from Canada. It's like, oh my goodness, can't you, you know, try to cross the border illegally going to China and work or Russia or, you know, the, the, the European countries? Why is it always gonna be here? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I have a walking down the stairs of a subway and coming down and seeing all these illegal businesses that are just put up along the sidewalk. And sometimes those illegal businesses are cooking, they've got open flames, and you're trying to navigate. Nothing about being blind and doing that. Yeah. That's my little pet peeve with it. I see it directly. I know there's just people trying to make a living, live their lives, and to do what they can for their families, and that's a good thing. 
But the corruption that it instills is that policemen look the other way who are just at the top of the stairs. That a pad is allegedly going around my neighborhood because somebody's getting slumped for something. And that's what's happening in New York. And that's what's happening across America. And that is what's happening at the New York Times. That is what's happening in many media organizations around the country. Where there is a payola system that is happening. So that a lot of this is being ignored. Being ignored for reasons about a silent invasion that is essentially strangling the United States of America and its economy. Oh, it keeps the economy growing in some aspects. That's true. But overall, it hurts it. This is the Mike of New York podcast. I'm Mike of New York. We'll be back with more as we look at Title 42 over the next week and the weekend. Thank you so much for listening.